Hello, you are listening to the Curator Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 1. An interview with Joe from the band Foes. So we're here in a, a lovely Wellerspoons pub. We are. I'm uh, Joe. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Back in Glasgow, uh, you guys have off, are often in Glasgow. We are, yeah. It's like we keep uh, on, like on social media. We always call it kind of our home away from home. It's just it's somewhere where we've always had a really good experience and a really positive reaction whenever we've played. Like uh, we tried to we tried to include it on all our longer UK runs and. Uh, yeah, we're hoping, obviously hoping tonight's no different. We're excited because obviously now now the album's out and just interested to see what sort of response comes in and how it differs from previous tours we've done. Well, I actually really like Liverpool. I think, they're quite, I think Glasgow and Liverpool are quite slimmer in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like not to, not to put Liverpool on the fire, but I think Glasgow has a better, currently has a better scene for the kind of thing that we're doing. Uh, Liverpool's great because, you know, obviously it's where it's where we've all been based and where we where we met and put the band together and everything but Liverpool's great for kind of its own reasons and like more sentimental reasons and Glasgow's like somewhere we really look forward to coming to and there are definitely similarities there I think in terms of like the kind of attitude and the sort of people but yeah there's also there's also those differences as well So like you just said the album's come out the Summit Lies Skywards um, you guys been working up to that for a while? We have yeah I mean it was we spent a year if not more writing it really because we 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 kind of hatched the idea for an album and wrote three tracks for it one of which didn't actually end up on the on the album we put out as a b-side via the monolith um but we that's when we started we we didn't want to kind of put the album out unless we had a platform for it so we we recorded that sampler with three of the songs we'd written and started firing out a few labels and that's when basic came on board and then like knowing basic were behind us we're like right now now there's a reason to put an album out so it was then we spent that year uh, writing and recording the rest of it so yeah it's been a there's been a lot of work that's gone into it what was it like in basic Kim Collins? it's it's great like um it's yeah they're, they're such a good label like they're really they're really hands-on and Barley who Barley who owns it is a very nice guy and you can tell he cares about uh, the whole roster like a great deal they've been really helpful in get you know in getting the album out like I say we wanted to we wanted the album to have we wanted a reason to put the album out and basic have been that reason in a way um, and I think that you know the direction they're going in as a label is great as well because they're really starting to kind of diversify, and I think it's a really interesting time for them. And we're just we're just pleased to be a part of that. I mean, you guys have been kicking about for a little while, um, and it must have been good to kind of be like, oh, holy shit! Like this is this is actually becoming like a, a thing. Yeah, like I mean, the year it couldn't have come along at a better time. The whole you know sort of hatching the whole album plan because the year before we had quite a we had quite a quiet sort of without going into too much detail we had sort of like a difficult year as a band it was quite quiet not a lot going on um but the whole album plan just sort of turned it around really we were like you know best case scenario we do find a label that really cares about us and before that we put two eps out one of those was with a really good label uh, our friend tom runs called crooked noise um but we just needed yeah we needed to know 
the the way the band was going was going down a particular direction and obviously recent developments allowed for that and it's been the album in a way is kind of the culmination of the three years we have been foes so yeah I, yeah <laughs> i mean you can notice if you listen to your stuff obviously you've been maturing sonically shall we say yeah. to put it in a kind of kind of floaty way uh how, how like was it, has it always been a conscious effort to drive your music in a specific kind of direction or is it just whatever comes out? Do you know what I think, because right at the very, very beginning, we, we didn't do anything publicly for the first like eight months. We spent all that time writing and recording and figuring out what we wanted the band to sound like. And I think with every release, I think we've sort of treated it release by release because Ophir, the first EP was us finding our sound. Antecedents, we kind of knew then and we tried to refine it and make it more about a theme. And there was this loose, this loose kind of theme of uh, royalty, very broadly a theme, but royalty and the kind of connotations of that. But with the album, I think a lot of people have said they've seen, they've seen a much heavier side of us with the album. And, but we also think that our you know at the opposite end of the spectrum we've also got our softest moments on there as well and i think time has allowed for us to think more and more about where the sound's going and develop it as such so the album how we wanted the album to be the culmination of that and it you know it feels like to us personally it feels like it has been um and obviously we hope other people kind of who at least people who've reckoned sorry have listened to us for quite some time we hope they hear that as well um yeah, so it, we've always been sort of mindful of what we wanted to sound like. It's interesting to you because um, having been in a process where I've written an album recently myself as well, um, the, the amount of, I don't think I, I don't think many people understand the amount of actual thinking you need to do. Like, it's, it's fine to write a, a group of songs. You can write five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten songs, but actually making a cohesive unit is. I don't think a lot of people do that when they write albums these days. Was that was that a concern? Going forward? It was. It was. That was always, you know what, it wasn't even something that was really discussed. I think that was something that immediately we were all on the same page about that we, as you say, we wanted it to be a really cohesive body of work. Um, like, I mean, pretty much after that period where we wrote those three tracks as a sort of test, testing the waters, everything we approached with, right, we want, you know, for example, like dynamically, we know what we want the opening track on the album to sound like, and we know where we want the album to end up. And then there's the, the middle track on the album from Stillness is a perfect example of, we knew we wanted that to act as a segue between the two halves of this album. So in a kind of, it's more like kind of, you know, the really almost like dated prog approach of a concept album, but um, we tried to incorporate that, but keeping some sort of sensibility about it as well. But we just we knew from start to finish we wanted it to feel like an album rather than, you know, as you say, like just a collection of six or seven songs. I, I did. I do enjoy the direction of the record. It does definitely have a, a cohesive flow, which I, I mean, like I said, I don't see a lot of it at the moment, so that's really really good. Um, what I was also wondering is, um, see, when it comes to, I hate I hate putting it this way, so I'm going to put it a different way. It's about influences, right? But I just kind of I wonder when you guys were writing the record were there any particular records that you were thinking of that you were like kind of not to sound like but to be like I I don't know how much it ended up being an influence on the album but I always when I was younger when I was like 15, 16 I remember absolutely loving uh, And the Glass-Handed Kites the Mew album and there's so many like for me that's a perfect example of an album that is just absolutely seamless Um and that kept coming into mind sonically i don't think it really influenced the album but just that i always like really loved and thought was a great idea and i think 
if you look more closely at kind of our, our mutual influences as a band like Ocean Size and Carnival, there is that cohesiveness on their albums and they're both they're both album bands. Uh, like, you know, Carnival with Sound Awake, that's such a cohesive collection of songs and Ocean Size with, you know, Frames and Everyone Into Position. We we take a lot from those kind of bands and yeah, I think, you know, that's that's what sort of factored into the shaping of the album as a cohesive body of work. Let's switch gears for a second. Let's let's talk about let's talk about you as a musician, right? Yeah. Uh, one of the things this podcast always kind of does, and which I like doing, is the origin story. Yeah. We want to talk about the genesis of Joe. Where did the mu- where, At what point did you kind of go, holy shit, I'm going to make music? Well, I was before I was uh, like a guitarist. I I started playing piano at age five, and I was yeah, I was like, yeah, like so, yeah, pretty pretty young. My, my dad was a my dad was a French horn player. Um, and you know he was always very big in his music so I grew up with that um, so played piano from the age of five and uh, was like more classically trained there but then as I got into you know as I was about 11 or 12 discovered the guitar and started giving that a go and then started seriously thinking about okay this is actually what I want to do all the time like pretty much a couple of years later when I was you know early teens like maybe 14 and maybe going into 15 but it's always been a part of my life it's just I think it slowly, slowly with age sort of honed in on exactly what I wanted to do with it. I've been in a band for a wee while, about a year and a half now, and it's been really interesting because of the way we've been focusing on making music. But what I've been thinking about a lot lately is how they're feeling in, as I'm older in this band compared to the, f- the first ever music I made. And obviously I feel as though I've, I've grown as a musician. Um, but the feeling of, of making music, I think, has changed distinctly since I've, as I've grown older and as I've grown, getting better at my instrument and being in better bands. Did you, is, how, how has that been for you? I mean, compared to Foes now and the first music you made, is there a noticeable difference in the terms of the feeling that it gives you? I think, I think so, yeah, but I, do you know what? Like, um, I mean, for me personally as well, I think everyone has a lot of personal stock in the album. You know, everyone individually in the band has, holds a lot of personal stock in the album, but... For me, it's like, even if I think back to, I mean, not including, you know, kind of terrible bands I was in when I was like 14, 15. Um, that would be thrilling though, being in the, like, when you first are in a band, you'll be a group of other guys and you're like, holy shit, we're, we're making sound together. That, that's it. I mean, I was, you know, I'm just as, I like to think I'm just as enthusiastic as I was back then, perhaps a little more worn down now, but... Uh, but that's just, that's kind of the nature of the industry, isn't it? But I even, you know, I even think back to projects I was in when I was... 17 or 18 and I think in my head I was always trying to achieve that sound that we're now doing with Foes because it's been a long time that I've sort of been into the progressive slash post-rocky soundscape sort of guitar playing and it's it's taken years to kind of know exactly what I wanted to do with that and luckily the three other guys you know were like we it just came together very organically so for me personally it's not just the three years we've been in Foes it goes way way you know it's like 10 years work um and that in in that light it feels all the more rewarding for finally having this album put together and it being something that we are really proud of it's almost like life work yeah yeah in a way like without without going melodramatic on it yeah it's like it feels like it has been the you know when when we released it i said i said someone it's like you know this is something i've wanted to do since i was 11 years old and um and yeah, it does feel it feels like a real milestone 
for us as as the band and for me personally and I think everyone in the band feels the same way they hold there's something individual to them that it feels like a real where it feels like a real accomplishment one thing I also wonder is um, now that you've written an album is the future and you're on basic records is this is there, is there a view of doing like foes full time as like your professional kind of job We'd love to. We'd love to do that. Yeah, we're you know we're realistic in that we're still a very like in the scheme of things we're still a very small band. I mean, we we luckily have to spend far less money on the band than we did at first. You know, we were absolutely crippling ourselves financially at first, but you know slowly but surely, like tours are making a bit more money, and you know like we're in album year now, and that needs to be the backbone of everything we do over the next year to eighteen months. Um, and things like the festivals we've been on the past year, like Arctangent and uh, Fort Fest, you know, they've really helped kind of grow our fan base. And I think as we longer, you know, we're not expecting this like meteoric leap to just suddenly making a lot of money off those, but we're persistent and we hope that, you know, there is some point down the line where we could see something in return from it. But I think at the end of the day, it's just about enjoying it and like, you know, getting the most out of it while we can. So. You also manage the band as well, so how does that, like, you're also the manager as well, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I manage the band. <laughs> so how do those two things go together? Do you know, it's it's tricky, like, sometimes sometimes there are harder lines to draw because, you know, it's very, it's, it's two really different roles, like being a band member and being a manager, but it's it's something I've just sort of adapted to over time. Like, I mean, I think more often than not now, I tend to have my manager cap on over my band member cap. And sometimes, like, that's where, you know, the guys are good at kind of taking me down a peg. They're the best people at put-downs in the world. So if everyone being too much of a dick, then they can they can tell me. But, um, but I think it's actually, I've kind of liked being able to keep everything close to the chest. And because I get, I'm, you know, I'm a self-professed control freak. And I like to oversee everything and, and I think luckily I've, I've really enjoyed being able to oversee every single aspect of what we've done in the past year, like and in the lead up to the album. And so I think, you know, I'd really, I'd almost recommend it to anyone who's got, um, who even thinks they've got half a business mind and is playing in the band is like, do it. I would recommend keeping it close to the chest for as long as you can. And only when you feel like, you know, you really need like the expertise of someone else or an outside party, then passing it on. But I feel that like, early on in the band's uh, you know in the band's lifetime we gave that control up too early and that's what made us want to sort of take it back at a later date the reason I ask is because I, I kind of function in a similar role okay. <laughs> and I actually hate it <laughs> I hate it I, I, I there think, are times where I absolutely hate it like there are days where I want to put my head through the wall and with my size head that's not going to be a problem but, uh, but yeah I think it's just kind of finding a happy place sometimes and uh, just rolling with that just I, I don't I like I think the reason that I enjoy it is because I don't really tr- I don't I don't mean this in a bad way but I don't really trust anyone else to do it right yeah. I don't just mean in the band I'm sure the other guys in the band could do it if, if they had to yeah um, but I get suspect of people I get really suspect of people that have that um, kind of oh, I want to do this for other bands without you're doing it really early in a band's life does that make sense yeah I think at the end of the day though I mean like half the reason why it's been so comfortable for me to manage the band as well is the approach of the other guys as well it's still just as much like a team effort because you know a lot 
like all the important decisions in the band we still discuss as the four of us and you know all the, the, the three of them are really like they're really tuned in they know what's right for the band and that's kind of again like you know with our playing and our rehearsing like it's all quite organic how it comes together and I feel like that with the discussions in the band as well and how we approach where we're going to go next so that definitely you know is a huge part of why it's been why managing the band myself is something that has been sustainable where do you go next what do where do we go next well I mean as I was saying before I mean the album needs to be uh, the center of what we're doing for the foreseeable future but you know we're, we're we've already had like very vague but we have had chats about what we'd want to do with the next record and I think for now it's a bit more about kind of live development you know we'd really like to um, start kind of moving up the tiers in, in terms of like the UK live scene and Europe as well like Europe's a big must for next year because we're actually yet to go out to mainland Europe all our touring so far has been UK but we've got our eye on a few prospects and there's a few things in the pipeline that you know will take us out to Europe next year just need to lock lock them in <laughs> It's always been a total pleasure talking to you um, going to wrap up now is there anything you want to say to me or anything you want to ask or anything you want to say at all in general before we finish? I am um, no. I'll, I think I'll think I'll leave it there. I think that's everything. I've talked for too long. <laughs> we could talk for another half hour, but I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to expose you to that. Joe, thank you very much. Yeah, cheers, man. Appreciate it. Thank you very much for listening to this episode I hope you enjoyed it this episode was created edited and produced by Mark Fraser if you want some more information please go to www.thecuratorpodcast.com and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast by hitting the subscribe button in the podcasting app that you're using Until next time, bye-bye.